You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. It looks like a system map. What are all those red dots? Too hard to tell. Based on their location, they could be First Order fleets. Impossible. Not even the New Republic Navy has that many. I can tell you one thing, if those are ships and the First Order is preparing for war, they're gonna need a way to refuel. You mean... the Colossus? It's perfect for a military supply line. That's why they want this station. And they'll destroy every one of us to get it. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, Rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Star Wars Resistance episode, The New Trooper. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt, the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's going on, Mike? Star Wars fans, always good to be back talking some Star Wars, Mike, uh, The New Trooper. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, after this episode, um, I think we finally have an idea of why... The Force Order wants this Colossus so bad. And I think we all kind of had an idea, but it was kind of cemented in this yeah. episode. I guess we'll get to that in, in a few minutes here. But um, I, there's a few things in the news, uh, some rumors and stuff. But uh, what do we have on the docket here, Mike? First thing in the news. Yeah, you know, the only official news, and we're always playing chicken with StarWars.com when we do this. But uh, we're recording on Tuesday, February the 12th, 13th, the 12th. 12th, 12th um, yeah. And uh, as of right now, the only real news to talk about is, and this I don't even think this is big news for general Star Wars fans, but if you're listening to the Star Wars animation podcast, this is going to be of interest to you. Uh, we've got the art of Star Wars Rebels coming in, I believe, October. Totally. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, man, oh man, am I ever excited for this book. I love me a good art book. And uh, and and this will not be an exception. Um, so seeing all the behind the scenes stuff, the concept art. Now, the thing with this is that if I buy this book and this book is mostly stuff that we got on StarWars.com, I'm going to be uh, a little bit annoyed. But hopefully, I, I'm really hoping that we're going to get something that's a little bit more um, comprehensive and that shows some stuff and, and maybe has a little bit of behind the scenes type of thing. Um, yeah. So it's always it's always a bit of a gamble as to how much of that we're going to get, right? 
But right. uh, this is a, so one of the things that's really interesting about this is that it's not even on StarWars.com. So this was re- uh, this was revealed by IGN.com, um, and uh, and they really didn't have a lot of details. They just kind of said this is coming. Um, yeah. I guess the other thing this was this was announced on February sixth, and it's kind of worth talking about is that illustrator Jeffrey Brown, who did the Vader and Son and uh, Vader's Little Princess books. Um, is doing uh, a a book uh, called uh, Ray and Pals, which yeah. uh, I'm really excited about. I love his stuff. Um, it's always very funny. It's a really cute, clever Star Wars jokes in there, and I'm really excited to see his take on some of the prequel characters. Or, sorry, prequel, sequel characters. Um, so, yeah, that's something to look forward to. Um, yeah. But other than that, other than that, I don't know. Well, I guess I guess that there were some Galaxy of Adventures figures yeah. that were revealed, but there's nothing really. This isn't really. Once again, these are repacks of existing figures. This Ray figure is an existing figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kylo Ren figure. It doesn't matter if it's existing or not because it's Kylo Ren and they all look the same. Right. Uh, and uh, it's a Force Awakens Kylo Ren to be clear. Um, yeah, the Obi-Wan, I'm pretty, I'm almost positive that that's a repack. That's a, it's a five point of articulation. The sad thing about this Obi-Wan is that it's episode three Obi-Wan. They have done such better versions of this character in the past. And then the other thing is that like the, the, the illustration on the box looks more like attack of the clones, Obi-Wan. Um, it just, it kills me because the packaging is incredible. And these the versions on the packages look so great. Like I look at this Darth Maul one, and it looks. This illustration of Darth Maul is phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. so good, like it just really captures like the Clone Wars aesthetic. But maybe back like in the Phantom Menace era when he was a little bit more, more uh, in better health. Let's say <laughs> when he was a little bit more complete. Um, yeah. And and then the figure is just like these are just crummy five point figures with bad paint jobs that it's just like Yeah. Hasbro just they're they don't get it. They just don't get it. Yeah, but, I don't know. But it comes with a little comic book and the little comic book is full of great illustrations by I don't know I don't know who this artist is. Um and to be honest, I mean like I just want I just want these comics. Yeah. Um, so if there was a way to just get the comics without having to pay for the crappy figures, I would do that in a heartbeat. But um, it's it, it like it just it drives me nuts. Galaxy of Adventures is awesome. Uh, that the Princess Leia short that just came out is, in my opinion, the best one that they've done yet. Um, and that the the Luke versus Vader one that they did a couple weeks ago was unbelievably good it was so good um and just the reimagining of that fight on bespin is so Mm -hmm. incredible but um these figures are just such a disappointment it's just i I don't i don't know what they're doing i like i do know what they're doing they're just they couldn't sell these figures they were shelf warmers and uh and they're just actually i don't know if this ray is a repack or not it it almost looks like an even worse version of the figure that came out i think they're just starting to give not give up but like like you said they're just not maybe selling like they had yeah. hoped 
Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, it, sorry, it, yeah. it it's really simple. Hasbro can't seem to figure this out. They're increasing the prices and decreasing the quality on their figures, so yeah. nobody is buying them. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like at at a certain point, they have to realize this is not what people are after. It's not like like, and I know that that the Galaxy of Adventures stuff is supposed to be geared at younger collectors and and kids who just want toys. the The truth of that is that give them that's something that's playable. These toys aren't playable. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't give this to my daughter. I don't mean like granted she's two and a half, but like. Like the thing is, is that like compared to this figure, because this figure will be what, ten dollars in America, twelve dollars, down there. Yeah, yeah. And it'll sure. be like fifteen dollars in Canada, right? For this little three and three quarter inch figure, that mm-hmm. you know, like the Jacks Pacific, five point of articulation figures. Right. Yeah. Like the really, really crappy quality ones. <laughs> yeah. They right. are dead simple, yeah. um, five points of articulation. And they're like six bucks in Canada, so I don't know. They got to be like three dollars for you guys. I think yeah. They they're selling them at the Seven Eleven for God's sake. And Mm -hmm. I can get I can get Han and Chewie and Ray and Kylo Ren and I I Captain America and Spider Man and (laughs) Iron Man all in the same scale. Uh, And like and those are what I buy. Like I buy those for for Kara and she plays with them and she like she doesn't care. Yeah. She's totally happy with those. And then the flip side of it is that I go to the Disney store and I buy the the toy box figures, which are based on Disney Infinity on those models. So we have a bunch of those now as well. We have Doctor Strange, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, uh, Iron Man, and Ray. And those are fantastic figures. And they're super posable. Not super posable, but like they, they're very posable. They're very playable. Um so like there you go like I'm buying I'm buying Star Wars toys. I also just bought Kara. She we bought her some uh, books on the weekend, and uh, and I got her a solo storybook that just kind of goes through like this meet the crew sort of like an early reader book, mm-hmm. and uh, and we went through it and we got to the Millennium Falcon at the end and she goes, she goes, I have a Millennium Falcon, <laughs> and then I'm like, do you? And she goes, she stops for a second, she thinks, and she goes, no, I don't have a Millennium Falcon. Because she, she has the Galaxy, Galactic Heroes ghost um, oh, gotcha. that she flies around sometimes. But it's pretty big. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a sizable toy. Um, yeah. And it's more of a playset than it is, like, a flying ship. And she's like, I so I'm like, no, you have the ghost. And she goes, yeah, yeah, ghost. I don't have the Millennium Falcon. So I got her the Hot Wheels Millennium Falcon today. I just got it for her and I gave it to her and she was ecstatic and flying that thing around the house and and having a good time with that. And so like, there you go. There's three examples of Star Wars toys that I'm buying for my kid. None of them are Hasbro. Mm -hmm. You have a Mattel Hot Wheels. You have Jack's Pacific Ray. She's got the big one, the big Ray, which is like more like eleven dollars. But, um, and uh, and then the toy box Ray, mm-hmm. uh, and none of those are made by Hasbro. So, go figure, huh? Yeah. Uh, Usually Hasbro was the go-to thing. I mean, you'd always yeah. go to the store get a figure. That was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we do get we do get the Galactic Heroes stuff, which is Hasbro. But, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It's um, 
yeah, it's it's gets expensive. Um, there's a lot of figures to get, and if you're a collector, obviously that's really hard. That's why I stopped. It's just it was just too much at one time, and I just yeah, you got to have an unlimited supply of extra funds to to feed that, and you just can't, some of us can't do that. So you were talking about the uh, the Rebels book, though. Yeah, October first, thirty nine bucks, forty bucks. Yeah. Um, and it does say uh, on some of the articles I was reading that it is never before seen concept art. So hopefully it's stuff that, like you said, Mike, it's something we've, stuff we've never seen. And an exclusive commentary from, uh, you know, Filoni and Kinberg and uh, Carrie Beck and Wallace. So I, I'm not sure how they do a, a commentary. Maybe they're doing some kind of a forward for it or something like that. I, I, commentary to me, it sounds like they're, it's some kind of audio thing, but um, in a book, I'm not sure how you do that. I'm sure it's just uh, maybe thoughts that they express on each on each um, piece of art or something. Maybe I don't know, but that's kind of what they're saying uh, as far as this book uh, coming out. So uh, that is that's pretty cool. Uh, the, the art of stuff has always been fantastic. So uh, I get some insights into into the TV show and even the, the stuff that comes out for the movies is awesome too. So that'll be. Uh, That'll be worth definitely, uh, definitely worth picking up. Some other stuff though, Mike. Uh, we talked about it before we recorded, um, and a lot of this, the rest of this is just out there. The leaked images, we uh, kind of gone over those. Mm-hmm. Nothing too spoilery, but um, if you don't want to hear, just jump ahead a, a second here, if, if, like a minute. Um, some stuff that I saw, I kind of. It's one of those things where. I'm sure a lot of you guys listening uh, did the same thing. It's like, oh, you want to look at it so bad, but you're like, you don't want to spoil yourself. But then you just kind of cave into the pressure. You're like, oh, yeah. it's just pictures. Let me check it out. Right? <laughs> check them out. It's like, okay, okay, I could, I could take this. And you kind of, I took a quick peek, and I kind of like, okay, that's enough. I saw a couple things that really, uh, I, for me, excited me. Some of the, my favorite characters. I'll just say that. And uh, as what I, I think you saw, obviously, a couple things that kind of excited you and. Also, maybe disappointed you, but we'll see how this thing turns out. It's just images. Um, who knows how they fit into the movie and when and if they're going to change and all that kind of thing. So, but definitely they're out there if you want to see them. So, yeah, that was the other big thing that kind of hit over the last week. Oh, and then the other thing, Mike, I don't know if you saw this. Um, looks like uh, somebody over at HBO kind of was talking about Benioff and Weiss and and mm-hmm. their upcoming project for HBO, which is on uh, going to be on delay because according to this lady, she said they have they were offered three movies in the Star Wars universe. So everybody's taken and running with that as far as the uh, the Weiss and Benioff having a trilogy to work on for Star Wars, which again, this is just taken out of, not necessarily taken out of context, but it was an interview and who knows what the lady was talking about. Uh, nothing's been confirmed, but a lot of people are running with that story, Mike, that uh, these guys are getting a trilogy, which is, I mean, it makes, obviously it makes sense. I mean, Ryan Johnson's supposed to get a trilogy, I believe. They talked about that over the last few years, and it, I guess it would make sense for the Weiss and Benioff to have a trilogy to work on on their own. It kind of These saga movies kind of work that way. Um, so I don't know. Any thoughts on uh, on these guys getting three movies? Yeah, well, I, I remember when the announcement was made. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that they said that they would that that it, they were going to be doing a series of films, right? That it would be more than one at least. Yeah. Um, so a trilogy yeah, is not. Yeah. yeah, it's not surprising. We know Ryan Johnson is going to do a trilogy, but um, so I don't know. I was expecting even more from 
from Benioff and Weiss than three movies. But I'm happy with that. I mean, I, I think that they'll do a great job. It all depends on what they're working on, right? I mean, uh, I think that they are the perfect they're the perfect storytellers to do something like the old Republic. Yeah. That's where based. Um, talk. Yeah. I, I, I definitely do want them to get away from star Wars that we're familiar with. I think mm-hmm. that Ryan Johnson will keep in a contemporary time frame. Um, contemporary ish. I don't know. It could be between, it could be between six and seven. It could be between three and four. I mean, three and four is, is kind of overpopulated at this point in my opinion um you've got star wars rebels rogue one and solo all taking place in that time frame not to mention comic book series and books um plus tv shows cassie andor yeah and cassie and andor is coming out so um yeah i mean like i think that i think that that time between six and seven i think that once once nine is out that that will be I think that that'll be a little bit easier to dig into that time frame. Uh, so we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll just have to kind of play it by ear and see what they do. But either way, I mean, like, regardless, it's, I, I think that they're going to, that, that all of these creators that have got the keys at the moment are going to do cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm much more interested in what Ryan Johnson is working on. Cause I think that he did a fantastic job with um with the last jedi i know that you agree with that even if you don't agree with the decisions that he made you agree that like yeah. he, he made a good movie like he like he like he knows how to make a movie for sure for um, sure yeah, definitely. You, you don't agree with the direction that he went with luke and stuff like that and that's fine um and uh and that's a perfect lesson for everybody out there in how to how you can be like i don't particularly like things that happen but i think it was a good movie um it was just like how i say about rogue one it's like it's not it's not my favorite i think it's fine i think that there's some structural problems that bother me um and Jin is not a likable character despite what they try and do in the third act but I would too for sure yeah i don't yeah I, yeah but despite that i'm excited for cassie and andor Right. Like, like in that, and this is the thing is that like, we don't have to, we don't have to love everything. We don't have to love every creator and everything that they're doing. And I think the other part of it is that there's so much star Wars coming out. There's so much that it's like, you know what? You don't have to love every single second of it. You don't Mm -hmm. have to love the sequel trilogy. You don't have to love star Wars resistance. You don't have to love that clone wars is coming back. You don't have to love the Mandalorian. You don't have to love Ryan Johnson's trilogy or or Benioff and Weiss's series of films. You don't have to care about, or you don't solo rogue one. None of it. You don't have to love any of it. You can, you can love whatever you want, but you also like, you don't have to. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's the, like that, that is, it's almost like people, people need to be reminded that it's okay to not be cool with every single second of every single part of star Wars. And I think, I think one of the problems is that a lot of the star Wars fans that are really, really into it, that are really, really into the, the, the fight, uh, on either side, I, I, that what's going on there is that like star Wars is one of the only things I don't know that most Star Wars fans are into multiple things. They also like Marvel movies. They also like 
you know doctor who and i i the dc films and comic books and video games and all that stuff right but i do think that there's a contingent of fans out there and i think that they're the vocal minority the ones that kind of even now even a year later are still keeping like still banging that drum and it's definitely died down but but it it picks up every once in a while um mm-hmm. You just get a little blip of like, oh, everybody's complaining about this again. Um, when that happens, like it's like those are the ones that like they they can't let it go because they just don't really have anything else mm-hmm. um, to focus on. Like 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 Star Wars is their number one primary focus. I would I would wager not just in fandom but in life, and that's why they're so upset. And it's because I don't think that they realize that like, hey you can you can not enjoy it it's okay like that's fine like nobody's i'm not here to convince anybody to like any of the new movies um i'm just here to talk about how i like them um and if you want to have a conversation like we can have a conversation and the the sum total of that is look even rogue one which is the one that i like the least still a great movie still great still Mm -hmm. lots of fun Act three is incredible. Yeah, definitely. that yeah. The, the 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 space battle is everything I've been asking for from the new movies. Um, it's that Return of the Jedi vibe of like a million things going on at once, X wings yeah. and Tie fighters and and capital ships and all of that stuff. And throwing the fact that the ghost is there, I mean, like, come on, I like I I love it. Um, but if you ask me what's at the bottom of my list, and it's like Rogue One is my least favorite Star Wars movie. It's the only one that I don't own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's partially because I, I missed the boat on getting the version that I want. So now it's like, oh, I don't want to just go out and buy the regular Blu-ray. Um, so one of these days I'll, I'll bite the bullet and spend 150 bucks and get the – it was the, the Target exclusive 3D uh, uh, version yeah. of the Blu-ray that like – 4K. Uh, was it 4K? Maybe. No, I'm just saying I'm wait, I'm waiting for because Oh, you're like, waiting for 4K. Yeah. And that's one of the things is that like that's the other thing with the Star Wars movies is that, like I did get did I get the last Jedi in 4K? I think so. Um I think the no Guardians was my first 4K. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 I think was my first 4K. Um I don't have a 4K TV yet. I'm just future proofing. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, I don't have a 4K player either, but I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. And I want to have my movies ready for me when I get there, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's like, I'm, it also doesn't keep me up at night. Right. Like for a long time, we didn't have the last Jedi. And I was like, this is a problem. Really need (laughs) to get this. Uh, But yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that people just need to chill out a little bit. I think they need to just, just, take things for what they are. Um, and the other part of it is like, give it some time. Don't base your opinion on your first judgment. Cause my first judgment on the force awakens wasn't a hundred percent positive. And I just like, it took me that second viewing. Thankfully for me, I, <laughs> I, I was lucky enough to be in the position of being able to go see that movie twice in a row on opening night. We saw it at yep. the seven and then at the 10, Um, so I was pretty quick to like watch it again and go like, no, I love this movie from start to finish. 
But I talk about it. I've talked about it before. The Rathtar sequence, the first time I saw the movie, I was like, ugh, I do not like this. Mm-hmm. And I came out and everybody was like, yeah, it was great. It was awesome. I'm like, yeah, it was so good. What were those things, though? <laughs> those octopus meatballs? And then that the was- second time that I watched it, I was like, okay, it's not that bad. I was being a little bit harsh. <laughs> and then... One thing I would complain about that is it just looked too minute black for me. But go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree, right? Like, I totally, and I think that's what I was kind of vibing on to begin with. But then, you know, I saw, I famously saw that movie seven times in the theater because it was episode seven. So I saw it seven times. Oh. Uh, and around the fifth or sixth time that I was going to see it, I found myself going like, like, because you're going into the theater and you're like, oh man, I can't wait. I can't wait. This part's going to be awesome. This part's going to be awesome. And I, and I had a moment going in on like my fifth or sixth viewing where I was like, Man, I can't wait to see the Rathtar part again. And I was like, <laughs> wait a second. What? I thought I, I thought I hated that part. And then it was like, yeah, I I totally had this flip where like all the Han Solo dialogue just clicked for me. And I I and I, I like I think that what happened is that like I, I went away, talked to some people about it, sort of digested it, had the conversations, and then had to defend it. And that's always the biggest thing is that when I have to defend Star Wars, that's when I come up with the things that I truly love about it because that's you sort of put me in the corner and then I go like, wait, wait, no, no, no. How can you hate that movie? What about this part that was awesome? What about this part? And somebody was like coming down on Han Solo at some point, and I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. First of all, it's been 30 years. Characters are allowed to change over the course of 30 years. He's not going to be exactly the same. But think about the best moments with Han Solo. And it's like the, uh, I love you, I know. It's, uh, you like me because I'm a scoundrel. It's, uh, it's, it's, we're all fine here now. How are you? Those are all the best moments with Han Solo. And then in The Force Awakens, what are the two best moments with Han Solo? The two best moments are... Are hey, have I never come through? And then the the uh, uh, the uh, kanji club guys like yeah twice twice. <laughs> and then he goes, he looks at his fingers and he goes, "What was the second time?" <laughs> right? And it's like that's so perfectly chewy, yeah, yeah yeah chewy chewy kind of is like yeah it's like that's so perfectly on and chewy. Yeah. Um, and then the next one, the next best part, actually, I think the best line for Han in the entire. Uh, film is uh, is that's not how the force works. Yeah, I was so, gonna say that one too. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. But like, that's the thing is that is that it with the first part with with the the Rathtar stuff and the 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 gangs that like the first time I saw the movie that kind of hit me a little bit weird, a little bit off. And then I went away and I talked about it and I had to defend it and discussed it and thought about it and I was like, wait a second, this isn't Han Solo from the original trilogy. This is Han Solo 30 years later. He's in his 60s/70s. Like he's 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 an old man and he's allowed to talk like an old man and also he's a dad now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Yeah, yeah. And there's something that happens when you become a dad and you just have the inability to to not make cheesy jokes. So <laughs> you know, I yeah, I mean so I just I don't know, I just think that people need to people need to slow their roll. They need to wait things out, and uh, and a really good example of that is Star Wars Resistance. If yeah. if I tuned out when I got that first sort of like I don't know if this is for me, 
I wouldn't. I mean, Grant, I'm gonna watch everything Star Wars. It's, it's I'm not not gonna watch Star Wars, right? Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, I mean, like we stuck it out. We're here, and now it's starting to get good. Mm-hmm. Now it's starting to heat up. So I don't know if there's no other if there's no other news. Do you want to jump into the recap? Oh heck yeah, let's do it. Okay. Calculate the jump, chop. <laughs> my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Kenobi! Hand it over, Ewok. So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. All right, so here we go, Mike. Uh, The new trooper directed by Stuart Lee and written by Paul Jacopo. Uh, if I hopefully I'm saying that correctly, but uh, we'll get into it here. In his office, Captain Doza has a tense meeting with Commander Pyre. He asks that the First Order leave the Colossus now that the pirate spy is gone. But Pyre wants to find her accomplice. Meanwhile, a stormtrooper stops Cal and Elia, uh, Ella, still on the run from the First Order, asking for their ID. An altercation ensues. When the trooper is knocked out, they realize they are in trouble. So... Mike, we open up here at Captain Doze's office. Uh, as it shakes on the arrival of the uh, First Order and Commander Pyre. And you know, it's funny. I, every time I see that dang command shuttle, I'm, I, a part of me is like, oh, man, hopefully is Kylo going to come out? Are we going to get Kylo, <laughs> are we gonna get Kylo in, this, in this series? It just kind of jumps in my head every time I see that dang command shuttle. I love that thing. Uh, and who knows if we're going to get him or not, but that'd be cool to see that. But Doza... Uh, Mikey states that the spy is gone. He's like, hey, the spy is gone. But Pyre says um, this, the, you know, the spy escaped with help. And he's uh, obviously he and the rest of the First Order Mike is there to maintain uh, order. And uh, the stormtroopers, as you see, as this thing opens up, they're kind of all over the place and uh, kind of walking around. You see, every The last few episodes, you see just a little bit more and more and more. And, and Pyre uses the fact that someone help Sonara escape from the Colossus as an excuse to increase the number of stormtroopers on that platform and their presence on there. So, uh, you know, you said it, Mike, this thing is getting, it's starting to ramp up and we're, we're getting closer and closer to this ultimate, uh, I guess, lining up with the force awakens. So, mm-hmm. uh, tensions are getting high, Mike, and then the first order is around more and more. Any, any thoughts on the opening here? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is definitely, um, we're getting there and, uh, and, and we'll talk about it more when we get to the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, no, well, I guess this is it, right? No, it's, it's the later scene where he talks to him about right when he was, um, uh, why he, he left the empire. Um, uh, oh, you know, I'm not even thinking of the right thing. I'm thinking of, of Jaeger. Don't- Actually, it's the next part. So I'm just going to read this. Um, And then we'll talk about it, because this, I think, is one of the most interesting parts of the episode. Uh, Kaz, Yeager, and Tam discuss recent developments with the First Order's new presence on the platform. 
Tam, who feels safer with stormtroopers on board and whose grandfather worked in an Imperial factory, bristles when Yeager agrees with Kaz's anger at the situation. And I think like this is this is the reason why the series exists. This right mm-hmm. here. Um, there's a there, there's a big hole missing in the Force Awakens, and um, it's in the screenplay. So it was originally intended to be in the movie, but it kind of it, it ended up on the cutting room floor, and that's the 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 conflict between the Resistance and the New Republic, mm-hmm. um, and the galaxy at large. The idea that that the rest of the galaxy looks at Princess Leia at General Organa as being a bit of a warmonger, and yeah. actually, I I they dismiss her claims outright because they think that she's just you know like like i'm sure that they're that the conversations amount to like well you know she grew up fighting a war and she just despite the fact that that we have peace she just can't leave that war behind and like that it happens to people you know and i think that i think that that conversation is sorely missing from the film um, it, it definitely makes part of the last Jedi a little bit more difficult to understand if you're not really coming at it from that perspective. And that's why no one in the galaxy will help them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting this backstory and getting this understanding that there's a reason why parts of it's, it's very similar to what the clone wars did for the prequels for for revenge of the sith when we got the explanation of like well this is why people would side with the separatists they're not it's not black and white and Mm -hmm. it and it informs that opening crawl in revenge of the sith where it states there are heroes on both sides right yeah yeah and this very much informs the force awakens and the last jedi in the same way where we see um they that Tam's family, the history of her family, uh, is that like, well, there was no problem with the empire. What was wrong with the empire? Like we worked for the empire. We worked in an Imperial factory. It was fine. Um, now this was Tam's grandfather. So obviously Tam never experienced it. And I'm sure that, you know, if we dug deeper into that, there's a possibility that, that Tam's grandfather came home from the factory and, you know, somebody, somebody just didn't come into work and nobody knows where they are. And they, they just disappeared one day or he came home with bruises and like, you know, cause some Imperial officer wasn't happy with how much the factory was outputting and, you know, like then, and they roughed some of them up or something like that. Right. Like the empire was not benevolent, but that doesn't mean that there weren't people who didn't see it as exactly how see, how Tam sees the First Order, which is a, a just security, right? And it's it's a bit of an allegory of how easy it is to fall into the trap of of giving up your liberty, giving up your freedom in the interest of security, right? And I mean, like that's that's a pretty that's a pretty relevant theme these sure. days you know yeah. um since, since really since 9 11 right i mean like it just seems like more and more people give up their freedom uh it's like you know i like we got to take our shoes off when we get on airplanes like like 
the, the, that whole idea is like, well, one guy tried and failed to, to blow up an airplane that way. Right. Like, (laughs) yeah. And so now we have to take our shoes off before we get on an airplane. Um, even though like, like, I don't know, like I, I couldn't say, I mean, like I'm going off of what I've heard other people say, but, but, uh, so I haven't done the research for myself, so take it for what it's worth. But like, has anybody been caught? Right? Like, has there ever been an instance? And I don't know, maybe there is, but I've never heard of anything. And you know, like anecdotally, what I've heard from people is that no one's ever been since then, since the shoe bomber, no one's ever been caught doing that. Right? And so it's it is that idea of like like you know what are we willing to give up? And it starts small, like taking your shoes off before you get on an airplane, and then. In come the metal detectors. Okay, that's reasonable. And then in come the body scanners. And the body scanners are basically like, hey, we're going to look at your naked body. <laughs> right? I mean, like, it's like an x-ray weird, like, like ghost image of you. But, like, it's an, it, like they can see details. And it's like how like how much of your freedom are you willing to give up there? And it's like and and I say that saying like if they ask me to go through the body scanner, I have no problem with it. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I don't fly enough to to worry about any of that, you know. Yeah, it's just like exactly. Cool. Yeah, but like, but that's me, and that's my choice. I don't have a problem with it. But mm-hmm. other people do have problems with it, and they don't have a choice, right? And it's like, so that's that freedom thing where it's like, well, hey, you know, like I don't care, but. So it's like, like, that's where I say, like, it's, it's not, there's no answer, right? I'm not, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily making a judgment one way or another. What I'm saying is that like, you know, this is a good, it's a good allegory to present us with because it gives us the opportunity to talk about it and say, Hey, you know, like, where is the line? Right. Because the line, I think it shifts. And I think that, you know, it's an ongoing thing and it's a conversation that would just because just because we say at one point that this is a good idea doesn't mean that we should stick with that forever. Right. Yeah. So um, it's. Yeah, it, 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 it's one of those things where it's where where I, I think that uh, that Yeager and Kaz have a perspective that they want to get across and tam is very much apologizing for the first order and and sort of um i think tam doesn't want to rock the boat she she just wants to do her job and and it's going to be really interesting when the first order does completely take over the colossus and to see is she willing to fight for her home or is she going to shrink away from that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like it's, it, it's interesting. I think they've set this up really well. And then I think that Yeager bringing his perspective, having been uh, uh, both a, a rebel and new Republic uh, soldier uh, pilot. Um, he obviously has his opinions on it. And those opinions are very much that the first order is not to be trusted and that this is exactly what happened before. Yeah. And history is repeating itself. So again, I think that these are really interesting allegories and really interesting lenses to put on what's happening in our world right now, where there are quite literally Nazis 
walking in the streets at times and I, and you know, I, again, like this is another one of those gray area, weird conversations to have. Cause you don't think like, and I think that this is, this is exactly it. Like, like if the empire was so bad, then like, well, that it'll never happen again. And that's Tam's opinions. Like, well, that, that could never happen again. Cause it happened. And now we know what to look for. And then here it is happening again. And she's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but that will never happen again. This is fine right now, but that's never going to happen again. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's very similar to the conversations that we're having in real life where we're like, well, okay. You know, a bunch of weirdo neo-Nazi skinheads want to have their little rally, whatever. We'll never let what happened in the 1930s happen again. Right. And then, like, slowly but surely, things start happening, and you're like, well, it's kind of happening again, right? And and that, that, whole, that whole conversation, I think it's hard to have that conversation when we're talking about the real one, right? When we're talking about, like, sort of what's going on in our backyards. Sure. But, but Star Wars and genre storytelling in, in general gives us this really great opportunity to have a conversation about it in a safe space where we're talking about the first order and the resistance. Mm-hmm. Right. But ideologically, we're talking about very similar things mm-hmm. of like, of, of freedom and security and, and, you know, where's the line and, and how much are you willing to give up? And, and also like, let's be a little bit cognizant of who we're giving our freedom over to in exchange for security. Because as we know in this storyline, this is a, we know what the first order is up to. We know what their ultimate plan is. They're bad guys, right? They are space Nazis. Even, I think even more so than the empire was right. Um, I think it's almost the flip of what's happening now where it's like, well, the Nazis were real Nazis. And nowadays these, these Nazis and what's happening with, with uh, not just the American, uh, the white house uh, and what's going on in that, uh, administration but i mean like it's also happening in the uk it's it's it stuff like that has happened in in australia like like there have been far right um pockets all over the world trying to copy that nazi sort of uh strategy using plays out of that playbook but using it for different different methods right and different means right i mean like i think hitler had some crazy ideas um, and ultimately it was all about power, but like, you know, Trump, it's about money. That's at the end of the day, that's what it's about. He's, I don't think that he really cares about subjugating these people or those people or that people. I mean, I think he's a racist, but, but because he's willing to do these things, but I think it's just really, it's all about profits. It's about, you know, his friends building, uh, uh facilities for detaining people. It's about, uh, his friends who have construction companies building walls and it's about him, you know, shoring up his financial interests. Right. Um, which is kind of different. So it's kind of the flip where it's like Palpatine. That's all he was about. Palpatine was just like, I don't care. Like, like this, uh, 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 the, the Jedi are a pain in the butt. So I'm going to deal with them and I'm going to turn them into the evil bad guys. But like on a planet by planet basis, it's not like Palpatine cared about like, Oh, look at these disgusting green people. Right. He was just like, whatever, we're going to subjugate them because it's going to build my war machine and my war machine is going to allow me to maintain power, defeat mm-hmm. the Jedi and rule and the Sith will rule the galaxy again. Right. He had other methods. 
the yeah, first yeah. order I think are very much and I think what we've seen is that guys like Hux are very much like ugh gross disgusting filthy green people right like that is very much a general Hux sort of thing so it's almost like it's almost like they flipped it where like the first order they are like legit space nazis like they are definitely their plan is to purify the galaxy and and his whole speech about like you know we will bring yeah. order and all that stuff and it's like like you look around at the first order and it's just a bunch of humans mostly white humans with british accents um and then you look at at the new republic uh and uh, and it's obviously it's it's everybody right um as it should be so uh yeah i i don't know i i think that there's there's a lot of really interesting stuff in in this to to sort of digest um and this, i think that's what george would want i think that's sort of that's that was yeah. his goal with the original you know but the interesting part there is that he was doing it removed from the that conflict by however many years that said he was using world war ii as a reference point for storytelling as a way to get across his opinions on the vietnam war so like you know like it's there like he definitely was talking about stuff that was of that time but geez um, he even used uh footage from from aerial combat to use in his movie too so yeah exactly you know i think this is one of those scenes where um definitely one of the most important scenes in this particular episode i mean like you said tam she's she still feels safer with the first order there and she's she's felt like that the last few episodes and yeager's over here going hey uh it's just like the empire the more the more uh security but they hide it in a way that you know they kind of take away your freedom under the guise of just you know quote-unquote protection so that's what he's trying to get to, and they have a, a quite, you know, a little bit of a heated debate over this, uh, Tam Yeager, very, very quick debate, but they kind of get into it, you know, this argument over, over the, the empire. And like you said, Mike, it's her grandfather. She worked for the empire. It's like, Hey, he worked for the empire. They put food on the table. You know, he went to work, he came back, was, everything was fine. But, um, Yeager tells her, Hey, listen, the empire was exploiting, you know, just the vulnerable, anybody that needed a job, um, Hey, come work for the Empire. Just do your thing and, and go home and not necessarily knowing what the heck you're getting into. So it's kind of getting to Tam here. They're, they're starting to get to her. And uh, not necessarily by the end of this episode, Mike, but I think you're right. I think by the next one or, or really soon here, she's going to have to she's going to change her tune. So, yeah, very, very uh, important stuff in this particular uh, part of the sh- part of the show here, really good stuff, um, really adult stuff too, man. Uh, I'll continue here. Soon, Kel and Elia come to Kaz and the crew for help. The children take them to a storage closet that's holding the unconscious stormtrooper. They move the first order soldier to the engineering level. Go ahead, Mike. You want to keep going? And, um, yeah. Uh, suddenly, the trooper's comm activates. The voice on the other end asks why he has not checked in and demands contact to avoid suspicion. Kaz answers, but then has an idea. He'll wear the armor as a disguise and report to base. There he can find out if the trooper reported Kel and Isla and erase the record if need be. Yeah, I, I, this is one of my favorite tropes in Star Wars, the, the disguise yourself as the bad guys. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's it's such a classic, obviously, from the original Star Wars. Um, and uh, for a little while, actually, that was my goal in collecting was because my, my two of my favorite things were Luke and Han in Stormtrooper armor and then Obi-Wan from the uh, from the Gendi Clone Wars oh, with yeah. the trooper armor over his Jedi robes. Right. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, it was like I there there was a moment there where that was like really the focus of my collecting where I was like okay I'm gonna collect as much of this kind of stuff as I can, and then I, I you know other stuff uh, Clone Wars came out and it was like okay well I'm gonna collect Clone Wars and then Rebels and whatever, but mm-hmm. um, yeah I, this is this, like I said this is one of my favorite tropes I I, I love disguising yourself as a stormtrooper in order to infiltrate or get through or survive or whatever. Like it's, it's <laughs> such a, yeah, it's such a great concept because I think, I think the biggest part of it is that like, well, like stormtroopers are cool, right? But yeah. they're the bad guys. So how do you get to appreciate stormtrooper armor when only the bad guys are using it? Well, here's this great opportunity for you to be like, Kaz looks pretty good in that stormtrooper armor. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And the clone troopers are like a really great example of that, where it's like, oh, cool, stormtroopers I can like, um, that I can get behind, that I can support. So this is a, this is like a really good example of that, because um, I do I love clone troopers. I love the I love the face one armor so much, because um, that's also like, well, it's stormtroopers cross Boba Fett, and they're the good guys. Um, mm-hmm. Until they're not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I so so. This is where sort of the meat of the episode happens, where with this stuff with Kel and Isla, um, and uh, and then Kaz disguising himself and actually doing some spy work for a change, which yeah, is nice. Yeah, actually um, gets a spy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I do really love how how we are bookending the episode with these conversations with Yeager and uh, uh, mm. sort of framing it in this sort of like, well, we know that the first order is bad and and the other part of it is that like we're going to see in a second that that the the majority of the colossus i think agrees right certainly the the common yeah. people on the colossus are in agreement um that the first order is is no good um last week we saw them kind of being a little bit rough with some people and then this episode we've we see the people sort of fighting back and how long is that going to last before they take the safety off and they're not using stun blasts and they start executing yeah. people. Right. Because we know it's coming like that's. I think that that is almost for me, the most tense part of this is like, we know where this goes, right? Mm-hmm. We already yeah. know that the first order does not care about these people. They care about this as a strategic platform, right? It's part of their plan to dominate the galaxy. So at what point, do they feel like they've got enough numbers? And that's what this is about. That's what Commander Pyre is working towards. And that's what Captain Phasma told him. It was like, look, I don't care. I don't care what you have to do. You get in there and you start getting troops on that platform. Mm-hmm. And and he's doing it. And and there's a tipping point where there are enough troops on that platform that the citizens can't fight back, right? And uh, and so for me, it's like it's waiting to see where that moment is. I don't think it'll be next week because next week is the the Poe and Kaz episode. But um, yeah, I mean, like it's. I think that we're getting close. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah, yeah, Kale, yeah, they show it's funny in this particular part of the show, um, they actually knock out the trooper and then he kind of wakes up and then Nico has to hit him with a wrench and then they carry him down to uh, we get another shot of the Chilla Day, uh, kind of the lower levels of the yeah. uh, Colossus down there and kind of hiding him out. But uh, yeah, the citizens um, actually it's in this next. I'll talk about this here. Uh, Kaz now in disguise as CS 515 walks the Colossus corridors while he struggles to get used to the armor. A small squad of troopers spots him and he falls in line. Kaz learns of a transport that holds census data, but the group is suddenly called to check out a disturbance in the marketplace in which citizens are protesting the first order. While the real troopers deal with the situation, Kaz sneaks off. So that was, uh, I, I definitely had wrote that down as well. Like the citizens are starting to protest uh, the first order, you know, they're throwing things at them. Um, so this definitely, like you said, a result of kind of what's been going on the last couple of weeks. Uh, upping their presence, um, getting a little more physical, you know, stopping these guys for no reason. And it's just a bunch of stuff. And you're like, okay, now it's starting to, these citizens are starting to, like, this is not cool anymore, you know, and uh, starting to protest. So, like I said, it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's really ramping up. And, and they also said, one of the troopers also says he, um, he's kind of basically verified every citizen. Uh, on the Colossus. So they're de- taking all this data and the citizen, you know, what are they doing with this stuff? You know, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to get a, a head count uh, to decide how much they need to send over to take over this platform? Or, you know, what is this census for? So, um, yeah, they're really, they're really getting sneaky here, Mike. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that it's, it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. You, you, you know, you, you figure out what you're working with. So you do your census, you find out who's there, how many of them and then that's when you start determining like okay how many troopers do we need like you said but then i think the other part of it is where are we going to send them what are we going to make them do right like Mm -hmm. like which ones are going to stay here to work this platform and keep it in in operational order um and which ones are we going to send to work camps and that sort of thing i mean like that's very much what the empire did right they they First, they put their troops on strategic planets in order to defend the Republic, and then they flip the switch, turn those into garrisons, and yeah. uh, and then and then they started deciding what to do with those populations. And like we know, like with the Wookies, they use them for slave labor because they're Wookies, and you know, like uh, one Wookie is worth ten men. So you know, they start selling them off to Kessel, and they start putting them in all of these different places to do all these different things. Um, and uh, and that, I think that's exactly what they would, that the First Order will do here, is that they'll look at it and they'll go like, okay, what are the, what are, what are the resources we're working with here? They're, they are, I think it's less of a census and it's more of an inventory. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, you definitely. Know I, yeah, like that's, that kind of is the vibe that I get is that they're looking and they're going like, like, what is it how how hard are they going to be able to fight back mm-hmm. and you know like what's what are acceptable losses because this is actually their like merchandise almost right. um so like how useful are they going to be right um, yeah yeah that's kind of what i wrote down is like you know uh, more of an inventory like you said and and like are there threats here who is who is the ones we need to watch out for who's going to you know who's going to oppose us and and try to over you know 
cause yeah. trouble, that kind of thing. So I think that's kind of what they're kind of going after too. So uh, go ahead, Mike. You want to continue? Yeah. Back at engineering, Tam, conflicted about helping the siblings because she supports the First Order's presence, talks to Kel and Isla about their history with the movement. They tell of how the tyrants came to their world and destroyed everything, including their family and friends, and they don't know why. Suddenly the stormtrooper wakes up, but Niku quickly puts him back to sleep with a quick shock prod zap. There's actually also a moment in here. Um, and every time uh, Kel and Isla show up, we get a brief reminder every single time that mm. Isla is force sensitive. And mm. she, they both, Kel and Isla both take the trooper's hand, but Isla suggests that he calm down and sort of strokes yeah. his hand as she does it. And she's like, oh, I'm kind of feeling sleepy all of a sudden. And it's like, it's very obvious that whether she knows it or not, she's using the force, right? And this is another one of those things that like, they, Isla is very much playing into the um, the the Ray and um, the, 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 the broom kid at the end of The Last Jedi of like the fact that like the force is out there and it's actually like it's a little bit more easy than we've been kind of led to believe um and and maybe that's a result of the force being out of balance for so long and and whatever right that that it's that these 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 kids and 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 people like ray are I mean, like they're they're all chosen ones essentially, right? Because it's sort of like the 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 in order for the force to come back, it's kind of like coming back really strong in these individuals, so that it can kind of proliferate out, right? And I'm seeing that Isla is she's as powerful as Ray, I think, when we first re- meet Ray, who's able to very quickly pick things up, and once she's reminded of like oh this force power that force power she's able to tap into it really easily um it might also be that there's so much of the force around and nobody using it that the ability to tap into it is that much easier right because it's not being pulled in multiple directions that 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 the force is kind of it's kind of just there for the taking um so i don't know like there's multiple ways to look at this but but either way it's very clear to me that Isla is is incredibly powerful with the force already as a child and untrained. Um, and I think the other part of that, the other piece of that, um, when they talk about like they don't know why the First Order attacked their home world, I uh, we've gotten hints previously that it, that and I think it's pretty obvious that Snoke see, saw them as a threat, and so he yeah. ordered he ordered that these. Uh, uh, people be wiped out um, and Kel and Isla managed to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, like I, th- I think that there's a couple of things going on there, but obviously the biggest purpose of this scene is to get Tam a little bit more on the same page as the rest of the galaxy, or at least uh, the audience um, that, that the first order are bad guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think here again, Tam gets more, news of you know what's been going on with the first order and destroyed their home world the family friends she says the whole thing and and i was wondering here's and when i anytime i see these two kids i'm thinking to myself okay pay attention because there might be something with the force here just kind of giving you a little clues and this particular time i i didn't catch it but i think you're right i think that 
um, that hand touch thing, something with that. Cause it's just like all of a sudden that guy was kind of like, you know, calm or whatever. didn't, didn't really fight back much or say anything. He just kind of went along with the program. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Then that she was kind of, like you said, she didn't know it. Maybe didn't realize what she was doing, but definitely tapping into the force a little bit there to, uh, almost do the Obi-Wan, you know, there's nothing to see here type of thing. It, yeah. Uh, it, it reminded me a lot of when, um, I, Qui-Gon tells Jar Jar to, to calm down. Yeah. And yeah. he just kind of passes out and then Obi-Wan goes, I think you overdid it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It, it really reminded me of that moment. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So yeah, these, I, I'm always intrigued when these two kids come around, I'm just waiting for it. So, uh, Definitely some really some nods to the force there. Uh, I'll continue. Topside, Kaz arrives at the transport and assesses the mission logs, but sees no report on the kids. To fulfill his duty to the resistance, he then begins looking for more on what the First Order is up to, but is interrupted by a BB unit that retrieves a data uh, a nearby data rod. They're soon locked in a heated battle as Kaz attempts to steal the device. Finally, Kaz emerges victorious thanks to a very heady move, which is the move that he actually kicks the stinking droid's uh, head right off and kind of takes it out and throws it down like a fetch. Like, hey, go get your head. Uh, BB unit that we've seen in uh, in the movies as well. I, I obviously, probably not the same one, but definitely the First Order. Uh, it obviously has a name. It's I, I just Is it BB-9 or something like that? or uh, uh, BB-9E was the one in, was in, that in the, the Last Jedi. Oh, last year. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I don't think that this one was BB9E specifically. I think that's a specific character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just uh, they do have a little breakdown of it in the behind the scenes thing. Uh, oh, BB8A is what it's called. Oh, so it's actually it is, and I think that there are differences now. Some of those differences, I think, are a result of, of them designing it for the show. Cause there are differences between BB eight and in the, in resistance and BB eight in the movies. But, um, yeah, he, I, so I believe this is meant to be a separate character. Um, yeah. Cause this, this, um, this concept art, Whoops! Uh, it, it calls him out as BB-8A uh, on the on the StarWars.com episode okay. guide. So, so yeah, I mean, like, it, I I think that uh, it's safe to say that he's a different character, but very similar, right? To show that that BB oh, droids are BB droids are are as common as our series droids were in the classic trilogy. Classic, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we also find out that. Um, the, the, I guess the real CS-515 never reported the kids uh, to the First Order. So that particular uh, secret is still safe, as uh, at least at this point. So uh, go ahead, Mike. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, so I got to flip back to the other page because I was looking at the thing. Um, where are we here? Upon exiting, Kaz is stopped by CS-515's commanding officer, who informs him that they're going to see Commander Pyre. Pyre has just received word from Captain Phasma that a full garrison is armed and on its way to the Colossus. Citizens sympathetic to the Order can remain, but all others will be arrested or otherwise dealt with. When asked for his report, Kaz does not impress, and Pyre orders a reprogramming. So again, like this, uh, like 
for so long we weren't getting like anything that tied into the the sequel movies like like in a, in any real significant ways um, we weren't getting really getting anything to flesh any of that stuff out and then in this episode we get so much of it mm-hmm. that plays into it and this definitely plays into the the first order programming of their troopers um and the oh, idea yeah. that they yeah. that kaz needs to be reprogrammed yeah you know I, I wrote down things. I didn't read the uh, the recap until uh, I always do my notes and stuff first. And I kind of wrote everything down that they said. You know, it's like the First Order is ramping up. And a fully armed garrison is kind of on its way. I mean, it's, it's, it's coming. And the citizens, like it says here, the citizens may remain as long as they are sympathetic to the Order. So if you want to stay on this thing, you either got to work for us or you got to just let us do our thing. Everybody else, you're out of here. You know, well, they say arrested or dealt with. So I'm imagining some of the really uh, problem children will be, uh, you know, dumped over the side of this thing or whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, this is this is getting serious now. You got Phasma getting involved. They're definitely ramping up uh, for something big here, and uh, we're going to find out here in a second. Here, Kaz quickly and awkwardly makes his escape, and the troopers give chase, tracking him through the sensors in his armor. Finally, Kaz and Nico connect. When the troopers locate CS-515 on their scanners, they find the real trooper waiting. Um, let's just finish this out, Mike, and we'll talk about the last yeah, one. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, Kaz brings the data rod to Yeager, and BB-8 projects the system map that it holds within. But what are all the red dots? Yeager thinks they could be ships in preparation of a war, and if so, the First Order will need a place to refuel. The Colossus, which would be a perfect military supply line. That's why they want this station, Yeager says. And they'll destroy every one of us to get it, Kaz replies. So, like, here we go. Like, this is almost, um, everything up to this was, like, a prequel. (laughs) And it's, like, this is the beginning of the actual series. (laughs) Where it's, like, now we know what they're after, why they're here, and and everything. It's all been important because I think it establishes what the Colossus is and and who the citizens of the Colossus are. And all that stuff's going to be really important when war comes to the Colossus. But uh, it's coming. Like, like mark yeah. your calendars. It's on the way. Yeah, yeah the First Order, you know, it's like you talk about the dots, the fleets uh, that are assembling, uh, preparing for war. Uh, and like it says, they're going to need, what are they going to need? You know, what, what, is the, what is the Colossus? It's a refueling station. For this war that they're getting ready to uh, to engage in, mm-hmm. and uh, the Colossus is what they need. This is that 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 thing that they need. And Kaz and Yeager finally like fully realize what is happening here, especially with that with that information that he was able to pull uh, from from that uh, from that transport. So big stuff here, like like you said, right around the corner here. Uh, another, I think, another good episode. Um, we're getting there, like. Like so far, I, I think we both agree that this second half has been good. Um, there hasn't really been anything that's really let us down. I mean, it's not like great yet, but it's definitely good. And uh, there's definitely some great stuff in between. Um, in some of these episodes, you get these little gleams of, of good stuff or really good stuff in there. So, uh, any any final thoughts, Mike? We get in the email. No, yeah, I mean, like we're we're ramping up to it, right? We've got an episode coming up uh, next with Poe Dameron in it, and you know how I feel about that. So, um, yeah, I, it, it took a while for the series to get going, but now that it's going, 
I think uh, I think we've got some good stuff in store. So I'm really excited. Look, hey, most of our episodes have been under an hour um, for for resistance because I don't think that there's just, there's just not really been that much to talk about, not that much to dig into. We're not even done yet. We still got to get through the mailbag, and my recording is already it's already over an hour. Oh, so, um, now uh, there's, there's stuff to cut out of that recording, but, um, but it's definitely like, we're, we're going to come in over an hour with this one, I think. So that, that I think tells you where we're at. Right. I mean, like uh, there was, there was some stuff that we talked about in the news, but then, you know, like in one of these scenes, we had, we had a pretty, pretty deep conversation about, uh, about about what's going on in the galaxy and and how that relates to our world and that's the, it's the first time that I feel like we've been able to do that mm-hmm. since Star Wars Rebels so um, so we're getting there and I know that a lot of other people are coming around I saw a tweet from Kyle uh, from the saga continues saying like oh yeah we're finally getting there yeah. um, uh, it's starting to heat up so uh, yeah and and we've got a couple of people in the in the mailbag here. Uh, let's jump in with uh, Matt Stout over on Facebook. Matt says, I enjoyed it as it gave Kaz a chance to do some actual spying. I would have enjoyed even more spy work and less of Kaz flop sweating in Stormtrooper armor. I enjoy Tam's perspective on the First Order and would like to see more of that dynamic come out in the show. So that's exactly what we're saying, right? I, I said earlier, you know, like the spying and stuff like that. We see him be an actual spy, <laughs> retrieve yeah. some data. <laughs> Um, I, which is really great. It's almost as good as when we get to see him actually fly. Um, yeah. And, and, and again, this, this dynamic between Tam and the rest of the crew, um, and, uh, and then Niku caught in the middle. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, it's, I do, I think that they're doing a really great job. Um, and then Leia eight, one us 81 us, I don't know, uh, 81 us, uh, over on Instagram says Kaz is too funny and love the show. It's getting so good. So I think that the sentiment out there is that the show is actually it's turned a corner since the since the break. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm ex- I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see what's coming up. Yeah, I, I think we kind of saw or kind of knew that it was probably going to be the case, um, but it's definitely good to to see and people are starting to come around to it and more people yep. are checking out. Even I think Paul today I was scrolling on twitter and he was actually getting back into the show and, and yeah power through a bunch of episodes so yeah um yeah yeah i think it's it's starting to get there and i yeah. think once we get to like when we get to that episode with when we see the speech that that uh hux gives and yeah and someone, and, uh seeing a turn from uh from kaz when I, he's supposedly going to get a new haircut here fairly soon so um and with the aces coming back in and stuff like that, I think it's really going to ramp up. So, so here we go. Uh, yeah. Next week, what do we got next week? It's the core problem. Yeah, the core problem. Poe and Kaz make an unsettling discovery and must evade the first order when they are spotted by an enemy probe droid. So I think this is the episode where we'll be saying bye to Mister BB-8. Oh, um, I think ah. he'll be heading back with Poe at this point because um, obviously he's with Poe later. So, uh, yeah, um, Poe Dameron episode. Pwncast teaming up. Yeah, it, those have been good episodes. And, they've and, they've uh, been solid. Discovery. Unselling Discovery. I'm thinking they're going to maybe even find out more of, you know, could they come across uh, one of these fleets that are gearing yeah. up for battle or something? Uh, maybe maybe so. We'll find out. But uh, yeah. 
That's it for this week. Huh? Yeah, that is it for this week. Before I jump into the outro, I just want to say that I'm going to tag on. Matt and I had a conversation about a little bit more about those episode nine spoilers. Um, uh, I was recording, so I've got it, and I'm going to I'm going to actually tag it on after the music. So um, if you want to stick around after the uh, we do our outro and and the music. Uh, there will be a really brief conversation where Matt and I actually talk a little bit in detail about some of the spoilers for episode nine, some of the leaks. So, um, yeah, so that's there. If you are interested, um, if you're not, then feel free to, to tune out when you hit the music and you won't get any of those spoilers. But, uh, but if you want to stick around, that's, it's a, I mean, it's not a crazy in depth conversation, but, but we do definitely talk a little bit about, about some of that stuff. Um, and if you like, if you want to see those leaks, uh, makingstarwars.net is the best place to go to check that stuff out. Um, give them a little free plug because that's where I go. That's where I go to yeah. check this stuff out. So, uh, cool. Uh, that's it for this week's episode. Uh, as always, if you want to uh, stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news, you can do that by heading to rebelcells.com. Uh, and uh, you can also follow us on Facebook. I. Uh, and Twitter, uh, Facebook.com slash Rebels Podcast and Twitter at Rebels Podcast. Um, sorry, did I say it's Facebook.com slash Rebels Podcast? I think I said Facebook.com at Rebels Podcast. But um, at, at Rebels Podcast on Twitter and at Rebel Cells on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And you can follow Matt at The Crankster. That's a crankster with a K. Um, and of course you guys know we're part of the Thundercrack podcast network as I mentioned Star Wars the Saga Continues uh, is one of our podcasts over there at thunderquack.com head over to thunderquack.com check out all the other great podcasts in the network and if you like what you hear you can support us in two ways first by going to store.thunderquack.com and picking up some merch and second by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to get exclusive access to our Patreon rewards such as the exclusive Thunderquack podcast and our Facebook group. Uh, so, yeah, those are just for Patreon supporters. So if you want to listen to the Thunderquack podcast, that's the only way to get it. The only way. Unless you have a friend who is also supporting and then they can just download it for you and send it to you. But it's a dollar a month. So, you know, just give us a dollar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I always say, if everybody just gave us a dollar, you know, like it'd be, it'd be pretty crazy. But, uh, uh, yeah, thank you guys for supporting us, those of you who do. Head over oh, yeah. to patreon.com slash thunderquack to check out our Patreon campaign there and see uh, if it's something that you want to contribute to. We appreciate everybody who does. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will be back next week with The Core Problem.
Did you happen to look at any of those uh, um, leaked pictures? Which ones? For episode nine? Yeah, but uh, of oh, of all the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I definitely did. <laughs> I know. I try not to, but I'm just like, well, it's just pictures. Just, just let me look. There's nothing there that's like, oh my god! I'm really surprised at what they what they're doing with Ray. I, that that's very surprising to me. But well, I kind of i I didn't really take a look at that particular one, and I heard somebody else mention that too about. I think it was maybe Paul. He said something about not he wanted to, her to keep the episode eight kind of look. And I didn't even realize that her look was different. I, I kind of skipped over that picture. I, I just kind of looked at briefly and was like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. I don't want to see. You so it, it's essentially. Um, it's like a, she in white or something like that? Wasn't yeah, it? it's essentially her Force Awakens outfit, but in white. Oh, okay. So it's just okay. a clean version of her Force Awakens outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just bringing it back up because I want to look at it again. Yeah, I, I, I'm fairly disappointed in it. I was really hoping for something inspired by Return of the Jedi, but mm-hmm. like all black or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, I guess her last one was a little bit of that sort of thing. I, like, th- I, I understand they probably want like a contrast of her. And Kylo in a scene, but yeah. and Kylo's gonna have his. Uh, I mean, if these are if these are super legit, then he'll have his like uh, rebuilt helmet, right? Right. Poe looks awesome. I know. Yeah, Poe looks so was, good. Yeah. Lando looks so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Lando is in an outfit that's like inspired by his. Uh, his solo outfit. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. But yeah. Yeah, the Ray thing, it's just like... I don't know. It is kind of a combo of the two because it's like the boots from her Last Jedi outfit and then like, I don't know. Obviously, we'll have to see more. But she has like she has like leather armbands on her upper arms that are new. Mm-hmm. Um, but the belt and the wrap are the same, essentially. But I guess that's kind of her signature, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I it just bothers me because it doesn't really show growth, right? It's like in. And, and and who knows? Like this could be for like a scene. It could be like yeah, saying, yeah, it could be real yeah. quick. Yeah. Um, but it's like I I really felt like the way that she goes from her original outfit and then into the the end of the Force Awakens outfit, right, with the vest and the very like Han Solo type feel to mm-hmm. it, um, and then into the Jedi robes that feel very prequel ish. Um, like it, like that all kind of shows where she's at. And then this to me, it's like, well, this is a step backwards. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it were me, if it were me hundred percent. So what I would do, and I have a illustration that I never bothered to finish, but what I wanted to do 
was essentially like from the waist down, she's got an outfit that's very much like Luke's Bespin gear. So mm-hmm. like the 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 pants with the like a cargo pants, like the cargo pockets, and and those like wrapped boots with mm-hmm. the with a, a very similar belt, something that's kind of like a belt between hers and and Luke's belt, and then. The idea being that she would have like an under tunic, like a sleeveless under tunic that's got the same sort of like, like a black tunic that's got the same sort of collar that Luke's does in Return of the Jedi. That mm-hmm. same sort of like that folded flap sort of look. Yeah. And then the wrap over top of that. And just mm-hmm. kind of all bring that together. Right. So that it's like, oh, it's like you've got a little bit of Luke from empire a little bit of luke from jedi and a little bit of ray all in there and then i had drawn that i had drawn that before we saw anything from the last jedi and then uh the way that i did her hair all was almost exactly what they did in the movie where i had it like where it was like pulled back at the top but then long in the back yeah it's like basically like undo the bottom two loops that she does um that was kind of what i had and that's basically what they did in the movie but anyways yeah that's i'm looking at it right now it's like i, I see it now it's, it's almost like maybe this is just one particular section of the movie i mean because that's not mm-hmm. something that you would wear like if you were on i don't know star killer base in the snow or something mm-hmm. um Although I guess she kind of did wear that in the movie, but it, I guess you can't really take into account climate or anything. Because... The the rumors are are that they'll be on Tatooine, so. Oh okay. At that some makes... point in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Poe's looks really good. Yeah, Poe looks fantastic. I love it. I think like they've nailed that. And then uh, those earlier <laughs> leaked images. Um, from oh man way back of them on whatever the that's that shows the two of them together poe and finn mm-hmm. and finn's outfit is basically the same thing but with the jacket added 